Surf League. Surf League. Surf League. It's not the length podcast. Rest, recover, rise with 4-5 CBD oil. The world's first certified 0% THC CBD oil. Welcome to It's Not The Length podcast episode 16. I'm your host, Paul The Power Evans, broadcasting from my home on a lovely sun-kissed evening in southwest France. Joining me down the line from an undisclosed location in Boris's home county's Brexit heartlands is a former Trax magazine editor, a man once confronted live on air by Jeremy Flores for writing him off on Surfline, a man still banned from Cornwall for saying mean things about the waves and the surfers, a man once banned from the Azores for three years, not just the event, but the actual archipelago, a man who once pulled Australian pop idol winner Guy Sebastian's trousers down live on stage, current co-script writer for the Webby Award-nominated surf breaks from World Surf Leagues, some know him as Rod Cunthorpe, some know him as the Space Ghost, some simply as Ant. It's Mr. Ben Mundy. Oh, well, thank you, Paul. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was, oh, that was emotional. I mean, it's pretty much... You've just ripped off my LinkedIn CV, but um, I like it. It's a lovely evening in uh, in England. We just um, had dinner, put the kids to bed. The soft light, as we heard the uh, the local village fight a cannon for the NHS um, people, which is a nice touch. How are you going? Are you sure they weren't sort of expelling any sort of French or Spaniards from the sort of village walls? <laughs> Was it not the Brexiteers taking back control? Wow, I mean, I just I just heard the cannon, so I assumed it was for the, uh, the, the clap for carers, but it could have been a, a rearguard action against uh, those dastardly Spanish and French who have caused so much problems, and the Germans. I've got great, great, great news, Ben. Really good news. Breaking news in France. Just came through the wires about an hour ago, confirmed by very reliable source, Mr. Archie Jacquin. Um, France, uh, France is going to allow surfing again on Monday. Monday? What do, you, bullshit. what do you think about that? Fuck I you. I don't like it. Fuck you. Up your ass. Like We're shredding again. And, um, oh, sounds like sounds like fake news, Paul. Nah, this is real news. So basically... The, what, for, how does Archie know? But he's actually been heavily involved in the campaign to oh, okay. bring shredding back. So basically, up until sort of this Arvo, the lockdown was ending on Monday, this coming Monday, the 11th, but the beaches weren't open until June the 1st. Um, to keep the people away from coming to the coast. Um, and there's been a campaign to allow access to the ocean. And basically the Prime Minister, or no, the Minister of the Interior today said that it's going to be up to each individual sort of local region, local council effectively. And France is in the middle of uh, local government elections, which is actually quite a big deal. So, I mean, there's no fucking way that the mayor's going to not let the locals go to the beach like a week before an election. So, Yeah. Um, looks like we're going to be shedding again, and I'm super stoked. Um, that first surf, Paul, I mean, it's been a while. I mean, I know you've, well, I mean, have you been surfing since the lockdown? I mean, or have you maintained all sorts of, maintained the government rules? What's your, what's your, what's your been approach to the, uh, to the laws? I've been respecting the law, Ben, the law's the law, you know, that's what I always say. The law is the law, mate, it's there for a reason. 
you know. Thought about popping out for a quick moment if, under cover of darkness? If, or? if you don't respect the law, you don't respect yourself. That's what I've always said. Okay. And so well, that's good to know. And so that first surf, if, if I believe you, how, how, how you know, what's... Oh, my when, when you, I'm gonna imagine, When you paddle through that... That first duck dive, what's going to be your approach? What You know, you're going to try and rip the shred? You're going to go harder and faster than you've ever done before? Or is it going to be more of like just soak up the vibes, mellow trim? What's your kind of interested in your, your approach, that, that first that first wave, Paul? I'm trying not to overthink it because I, I've got a horrible feeling I might just go really awkwardly over the sort of outside rail in one of those really awkward wide parts where you catch the wrong edge and you sort of go off really awkwardly and hard kind of down the wave, you know, rather than into it. So I uh, don't know. Just a, more com- depends on conditions, Ben, but whatever happens, I'm going to really enjoy it. I'm going to appreciate it. It's going to be a new lease of life. I'm not going to be sort of dismissive of, of you know, decent sort of conditions anymore, and I'm, I'm going to do my utmost to, to shred my brains out and love it. Because one thing I reckon that the French will be surfers will be like is that after two months without surfing, they'll be pretty like super aware of everyone in and taking their turn and sort of just, you know, really respecting everyone's space and trying to give everyone the right sort of the way. I, I can imagine that'd be the French approach to not, not having not surfed for two months. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, actually. Yeah, I, um, I'd like to think, I'm a, you know, I'm a positive kind of cups half full kind of guy. I'd like to think that it's going to be a new spirit of sort of brother and sisterhood and everyone's going to sort of just be everyone's hit the reset button you know I'd like to think <laughs> I'd like to think that too well that is good news because you've been all over the um, sort of various Corona night COVID-19 the ways no, people mate. have approached it I mean you've been reporting on it Paul I've oh. seen missives oh. sort of nose to the ground and you mate. know you, you I mean, it's been impressive, some of the journalism you've been doing, to, to be honest. If I went any more viral, they'd be <laughs> distributing PPE just to, like, it's, it'll be PE, PPE, basically, because, yeah, mate, I've, um, I've, been, I've been bringing the big stories, some of the stories that count. I've been breaking, breaking news. I had a call from a journalist from France Bleu the other day over my helicopter on the June story. Um, he wanted my source. I said, <laughs> don't you fucking dare, mate. How dare I said, get Get out. Get off this or, call. Or what, how do you say how much in France? Yeah, combien. <laughs> combien? Yeah. Oh, uh, nah, excuse me, combien? I, I said, no way, man, no way. No way, no way. I said, you know what, I'll talk to him. If he's cool, I'll let you know. Didn't even ask. What about what about your big scoop on um, Kanawa Igarashi breaking all sorts of protocols uh, in Portugal? Uh, I... um, for those, for the readers, I mean, Paul... Um, I mean, not that any of these wavelengths of podcast subscribers aren't readers, but um, yeah, your article on Kanoa Igarashi, um, sort of who has been rumoured, alleged, um, to driving down to the Algarve from his home in Erisera, mm. and you covered that. You were all over that, weren't you, Paul? Yeah. Um, well, if you're if you're big news, if you're not one of the several hundred thousand people that read that article. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, there was a little bit of little bit of blowback about that. I did did get a bit of contact from Kano actually. Oh, what did he say? What's he up to? Um, well, <laughs> first of all, he sent me a emoji of someone sort of hitting their, you know, they're hitting yourself on the head one. Oh, wow! The How one, do you respond to that? The one that goes, that... the one that goes like this. You know, you're sort of hitting yourself on the head. That's what yeah. I just did. And then I didn't an answer. And then he said, "Was it you that wrote that article?" 
What, the one that had Paul Evans written on the article? Yeah, but that could be different. He didn't know it's just, it was the same me. Um, and I said, yeah, I wrote it. Um, give me a call if you, you know, you want to you give your input, mate. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's sort of a little bit regrettable. Um, Marlon posted an Insta story that I used, Marlon Lipka, and I felt a bit bad about that because he took it down, apparently took it down straight away. And he, oh, he did. He did ask me about where I got it from, Marlon. He sent me a message, very friendly and polite, but it was just like, oh, you know, that was caused a bit of a shit storm. And I spoke, to, I took the thing down. I spoke to him myself, and I was like, yeah, sorry, I should, probably should have contacted you, but I just, you know, I didn't. So anyway, <laughs> yes, yeah, only been going, yeah. been going quite viral, mate. Um, bit, yeah, a bit awkward, but whatever. Should, should whatever, mate. Yeah, man, as you said in the intro, you know, I hit. You know, with Jeremy Flores hit me up live on camera. Um, you know, mate, you, you write these things. You got to, you got to back yourself. You know, um, the surface sometimes is deserves scrutiny. They, they don't like it, Paul. They do not like it. Surf league. Um, ben, let's turn ourselves, our attentions towards the wazzle. Um, fuck, what's going on there? That's awkward, isn't it, Ben? You're, you still part-time, semi-freelance, zero-hours contracted to the Wazzle? Uh, well, yeah, I'm a freelance um, contributor that um, gets, yeah, you know, works for the WSL on, on a contractual basis, and so far that contract stands. But, yeah, now there's been um, a 25% cut in staff, so some amazing people lost their jobs, actually, Um over the last sort of weeks, it's pretty heavy over in America too. Like, there's no furlough scheme or you lose your medical. So, yeah, these guys have lost their jobs. Um, I mean, understandably, it's a weird time, but yeah, so on the yeah, you know, there's been some big announcements, but on the um, yeah, the human level, I was on our little yeah, our surf breaks WhatsApp group, and they, they started dropping like, like flies, like dropping out, like no longer in the group. Usually, that's something that I've said, or but in this case, I it was even my fault. But yeah, so yeah, hard times for the Wazzle. They're in a weird space being an events company with no events. But um, yeah, so that's that's what's been going on. Obviously, they did the big announcement, Paul, about the new surf off, which I think we maybe have, I mean, we probably gave them the germ of the idea, didn't we? Between us, we, we came up with that and I think it was on this exact podcast or one of the many variations thereof that, we came up with when you say when you say we do you mean a hundred percent Paul's idea? No, I mean, I think Paul's we, thing. We workshopped it. We broadcast it on on uh, the podcast, and we we talked it through. And between us, I think the WSL grabbed the ideas and tinker with it and, and run with it. It'd be interesting to see what happens next. Um, well, I say interesting, but um, yeah, I was going to ask you. I'm, this might come up a bit later, actually, in some of my bads, but. Been a bit, little bit disappointed with some of the content coming out. Um, I thought it's supposed to be a content channel now and a content business and all that, but mm, I've not been overly impressed. But yeah, let's let's see what happens. We we run a WhatsApp group with the Wazzle in Europe and uh, our sort of spiritual lead, our charismatic leader Roberto Gunning. He said he was. What happened to his call today? I don't know. We I was, was so excited. We were supposed to today. We were supposed to. That was like you know, like we're in lockdown and you, you just hang on these little. Just little posts you can hang your coat on just to get through the day. <laughs> Yesterday, our spiritual leader just dropped us a little thing, going to have a chat tomorrow. And then all day I was just sitting by the phone waiting for this, the Dalai Lama to shit, you know, dump some. Anyway, yeah, he didn't call. Rob Gunning, tour manager in Europe, 
dropped us a little WhatsApp, us and a few of the other less important, what I call non-key workers at the Wazzle Europe, like some of the judges and stuff. He's supposed to call us and let us know how how much shit has hit the proverbial fan. And Paul, what was the name of that group that he sent he sent to us? I can't remember. I think it's the A team. <laughs> I think that's what Rob called the called the group with me and you. But yeah, so we haven't heard about that over here, but uh... it's the end of the world. Surf League. Okay, anyway, according to Elo's thing, the QS will be at the start of the year, or at least the big ones. Therefore, there's no point in firing up again this year anyway, right? Because you can't qualify for anything, because the actual qualifying events of next year's tour are going to be in January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this year's fingered, isn't it? Fingered, it's mate. going to be little, whatever events can be held just for the sake of hold, which holding an event, I'd imagine. Um, well, okay, so yeah, um, it could very much be the end of the Wazzle as we know it, or it could be a great new beginning. It's not going to change much for a lot of surfers who don't really care, but yeah, it'll probably make a sort of significant dent on our bottom line, you and I. Um, <laughs> oh, already, already has. God. Already has, Paul. We already lost like quite a bit of money in April, didn't we? And then the, the very lucrative August, September, October run was coming up. Mate, gutted. Yeah, I know. I I spoke to um, our, our good friend Ryan Callanan about the whole surf off thing and, and structures to the... Um, you know, changes the tour, and he, he he gave his answers. I think the surf off's a great idea. I um I really think everyone got so excited about last year and how it came down right to the wire. And uh, I think if the WSL can emulate that in any way every year, it's going to be super exciting. Uh, I think this time will be perfect for them to you know get out the finer details and and figure out how it's going to work best but but all in all it's going to make for a blockbuster finish and i'm really excited to hopefully be a part of it and all watch it go down surf league he did not mention our massive loss of income throughout that lucrative i mean this is the period where you set your world record wasn't it i've got a little bit more news the lockdown's ending but i it's funny when you talk to different people and everyone has their own interpretation of lockdown. I mean, in Britain, you guys are calling it lockdown, but it's not. You can leave home anytime. You can go wherever you want. You don't have to justify it. It's not really lockdown, is it? it just It's just shops are closed. But here, it's actually like fucking police state and you've got to have paperwork. But anyway, so everyone's been kind of locked in at home. But I talked to a guy the other day. I'm going to bleep out his name, but I talked to him the other day. And... Um, He's like, he went on a Tinder date in Biarritz. And he's like, he called me and he's, he was on a rooftop in Biarritz, like overlooking Cote de Basque. And there was like a DJ and loads of people on the roof of this apartment block. And it's just like drinking in this sort of outdoor bar overlooking the ocean. I was like, what? I just, mate, how did you when, you, when you drove down, were there not like roadblocks and stuff? It's just weird. I didn't think you could do anything like that. But I guess some people have been playing far, quite fast and loose with the lockdown rules. Yeah, it definitely depends on how you how you sort of deal with um, whether you're a real breaker or a real follower. It's really showing the way, isn't it? Um, it's um, they do have maps of like infections, and it's basically fuck all corona here, really. Like, there's almost none in the southwest. Leyland's got hardly any cases. A handful in in the Pay Basque. Yeah, let's not go down the who knows more about infection rates in various spates of the town. I do know, I think Australia, I mean, I've been dealing with the Aussies quite a lot. They don't see, I mean, they've just been, surfing was never outlawed in Australia, so they've all been fine. But what they've done is, um, they've, the rule was you couldn't drive to the surf if you, you know, within like 
40 kilometers or something. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, basically, it's for me that I've never seen these Aussie locals so happy. Like, it's kind of like government. I mean, they're basically saying localism has been governmentally approved. It's like, yeah, look. Locals only is the rule in Australia, basically, and they have they have loved it down there. The news that I heard from an unknown source was that um, Laurie Towner went like he drove his boat like literally two kilometres from Yamba to Iluka. Have you ever surfed on that stretch of the world, Paul? Not a great deal. No, I know where it is. As the crow flies, it's like it's probably a kilometre. If you went by road, it's about like forty because of the river. But he just went his boat over there as the pelican flies. And, um, yeah, he got thrown rocks at because, he, you know, he'd broken the rules. So the Aussies, they're, they're really, like, they've taken the localism as the kind of core message. And there was, I saw a sign in um, on Sawtell on social media saying, if you don't live here, don't surf here. Let's protect the town. If you weren't, if you didn't live here before 1997, you don't count as a local. I saw that one. I was like, but why is 1997 like the arbitrary local What's that, 22 years? Is that what it takes to be a local? What if you're 18? <laughs> um, the, Aussies have, the Aussies have the gold standard in sort of local graffiti. I think <laughs> it was like early 2000 tracks, I saw the Stradbrook Island locals had written like a banner or like on a sheet that said, fuck off taxi cunt, you crowd bringing cunt. <laughs> How good is that? It's well, like... <laughs> it's so he called, called someone a cunt twice in the same sentence. It's never been done before. <laughs> oh, it has in Australia. When I was a young, first growing up in Redhead and indoctrinated into the localism way, we used to call um, unlocals trogs, as in troglodytes. I don't know why that was a term, but it was. Say fuck off, trogs. So if you're from out of town, you're a trogs. I was like 14, 15. I've been so for like nine months. And I was riding on the Redhead um, Surf Club wall in, remember that yellow zinc, used to like fluoro zinc that I had? I was riding Trog's Fuck Off on the wall. <laughs> I got a tap on the, I was, I was up to, I, was, I, I got to, I got to this, the, the second F and uh, I got a tap on the shoulder and it's my dad, Colin Mundy. Carl. Red. Obviously, president of the Redhead Progress Association, uh, president of the Redhead Cricket Club and Soccer Club, pillar of society. He just looked at me and go, what are you doing? And I had to, first, I had to, he, had, he asked, what are trogs? <laughs> I had to explain that troglodytes are um, unlocals. Anyway, I got marched off, marched back down three hours later with the bleach and the scrubbing brush in front of all the, like, Classic cop <laughs> sat there, and I just scrub it off in front of everyone, like all of my new heroes. Yeah, cool guy. Anyway, localism. Um, yeah, that was my localism graffiti story. Yeah, interesting juxtaposition of the Latin troglodyte, which means which means cave, cave dweller. Dwells, yeah. Cave dweller. Yeah, that's what Cole. That's what Cole said. He said, "Well, for starters, they're cave dwellers. They're not people from not this beach." I was like, "Okay, Cole, good point." Yeah, let's get into some good bads. Then it's been broadly more bads than goods, but let's start off nice and positive before things inevitably go sour. What have you got that's good? Well, 
I mean, I don't know if you've, you. I think. Well, actually, I do know you've been involved in this, Paul. Um, the enforced lockdown means we've been communicating through all sorts of social media apparatus. Zoom's been a, a big one. The quiz, the pub quiz, has come back into into fashion. I host a quiz, and I've done a lot, and mine was fucking amazing, Paul. It was uh, it was short, it was sharp, it was brilliant. Would you like to try one? You like to try around? Well. Are we going to, should we save that for the end? Yeah, go on then. What have you got that? Portuguese surfers were allowed back into the water on Monday this week, 4th of May. Um, but there's a few rules in place, and I, I quite like the intricacy. So basically, you're allowed to surf, you're allowed to bodyboard, but you're not allowed to body surf Monday. So body surfing is not allowed in Portugal at the moment. And I just I quite like the idea of the cops being down there and sort of, just that you've got to have a more... You can have the swim fins, but you've got to have the Maury buggy with you. Otherwise, you're not allowed in. Um, I get, I'm guessing that anyone can just go to the beach and pretend that they're sort of a body surfer and just kind of swear for a swim and sort of flap around and go, oh, no, I'm body surfing, look. So you've got to actually have, like, specific wave riding equipment. But I just thought it's, I thought it was quite funny. I think maybe, like, a lot of the sort of Portuguese Senate have got a real, a real thing, a real bee in their bonnet about Mark Can- Cunningham. Of this fucking Nixon t-shirt, just like, you know how he holds the swim fins up to make them look like bunny ears and stuff? And no, like... I think it's a, I think it's a Malloy backlash. <laughs> the Portuguese government, they, they just, they just don't like body bashes. They don't, they don't like them. If you, if you had to rank, I mean, body stuff, it's a great sport, don't get it wrong, I love it more than the next man or woman, but if you had to rank sort of self-satisfied smugs in the sort of, Body surfers are number one, aren't they? They're like they have. There's no sort of shame, you know. If you've got like a sup foil, you sort of keep your head down a little bit. If you're like a 44 year old as I am with a sort of high performance shortboard, you know that you're kind of you're on sort of thin ice. But like body surfers just walk around chest out like they own the fucking place, mate. Not in Portugal at the moment, Monday. They've been put right back in their box, haven't they? <laughs> um, but I had a good bit of bants with our mate Vasco Figueroa. Um, Portuguese cameraman and bodyboard enthusiast, and I said... And grass. <laughs> and I said, look, Vasco, but I said, and I used the expression Maury Boogie because I know it annoys him. I was like, yeah, but, I mean, Maury Boogie boarders are just, like, they're basically body surfers and they're just cheating. And he just, like, there was a pause and he just went, let's not go there. <laughs> just like, all right, mate. <laughs> Um, but yeah, body, body surfing, as far as I know, not allowed in Portugal. One of the more sensible laws. Ben, what else have you got that's making your heart sing with joy? What have you got that's good? Uh, lead looking old. Mm. Um, speaking of kind of smug, um, sort of Hawaiian fair-skinned kind of dudes, I somehow got caught up in a recent post of Lead Hamilton doing a... Um, uh, he was doing a podcast or something on the nature of fear with his wife, which already is um, yeah, is obviously something you shouldn't really watch. Um, but then he just I saw old lad. He's sitting there and he's got his top off. Of course he has, and he's just he's he's. I mean he's fifty five. He's got every reason to or whatever he is to 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 get old. I mean we all have, but he's just he's a bit thinner. He's a bit skinnier. Those once sort of strapping kind of muscles are there, but they're just sort of sagging a little bit. He looked like that old uncle that used to be really fit, you know, that sort of guy that used to charge and he's sitting in his little chair with his top off and 
That's that six pack. It's kind of there, but it's just got these little bits of folds. You know, the little six pack that you know. Obviously, never. I've never had one, but and um, it just looked just a little bit diminished and a little bit old and sad. And I was like, it just made me sing. It just made me feel happy. I'm not sure why, Paul. I don't even know why. <laughs> but he just looked old and sad. He was still talking about his relationship with fear. And I was like, mate, you're you're. Your relationship with age is what you should be scared of, and I, I, I had a little bit of a chuckle. So yeah, that was that was. I mean, I've been struggling this week to to, to find good things, Paul. That yeah, class, classy body shaming lad. Um, was he while he was making the clip? Was he undoing a lad? sort of milk sachet and pouring it into a Laird sort of coffee uh, pouch and then opening a Laird energy bar and like pouring in some Laird like chia seed. He's got a lot well, of branded products, hasn't he? I did 35 seconds, but it, it would have come. It definitely would have would have come. Okay. I, I think what happens is with if you see people every day or even yourself, you don't notice the gradual changes. <laughs> when you've got one of those relationships with people where it's an episodic sort of arrangement. It's like, it's like when you see your godson. That you're never really taking much interest in. He's like four and he's like 18. Like, wow. How did that happen? I shouldn't really say this, but I, um, <laughs> it was my birthday the other day and I Skyped my, I Skyped my brother and his family. They live in, they live in Laguna Beach. And I, <laughs> I shouldn't really say this, so it's unlikely. I couldn't remember his daughter's names. That's like, <laughs> I knew it was like, between his wife and, the two, and his two daughters, they've got really similar names. I just <laughs> got I saw God. Do not try and defend not knowing your niece's name, mate. <laughs> and I got like name paralysis. I was like, oh, I can't get it wrong. I just didn't didn't say anything. It's slightly awkward. My own flesh and blood. I'm not. I'm not super proud of that. If I'm honest, uh, but you just shut. Ha- you just shut the laptop. Yeah, it, it happens. <laughs> it happens. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, just that- just riffing off off Laird. I. But just it's not really good or bad. It's just a question. Mark Healy, I noticed Healy um put something out. I don't know if he's he's brought he's doing he's doing some sort of online courses where you can pay him and he's gonna talk to you about achieving stuff. But like I'd like to know, man, you might be able to give me a bit of personal wins. Is there a whiter Hawaiian than Mark Healy? How fucking pale is that? He is so pale. He's lived his whole life in the tropics. Where's his tan gone? It's hey, really mate, white, Monday. You're speaking to the wrong guy about this. It doesn't, matter, <laughs> it doesn't matter where you live. All that means that if you don't have the necessary pigmentation, it, it doesn't. You don't tan. It just damages. Just causes he's, cancer. He's getting. He's getting whiter though, isn't he? He's like. He's never been super bronze, but I just. He look, he's got a Scottish moon tan. <laughs> Let's move on. I mean, even our goods were bad, Paul. I mean, we're living in a pandemic. Let's just, let's just do the bad. Let's go for it. What have we got that's bad? Um, I mean, this is, like, this is a bit of a double-edged sword, but um, the new movie that Bill Wong have come out with uh, mm. featuring Seth Moniz, mm. Griffin Colapinto, Ethan Ewing, who I think are probably one of the like, three best young surfers and they're surfing probably the best wave, in the, you know, one of the best waves in the world. And, but it's the title, Paul. For whom the atolls? Mm. I mean, just saying it makes you want to rip out my tongue and ram it up your ass. Because, I mean, it was on Stab. You want to rip out your tongue and ram it up my ass? <laughs> I don't know. Just a chip. Stab said they ripped the title from Hemingway's most celebrated anti-war novel 
and pulled the film's opening line from its John Dunn epigraph. I mean, the pretension of that almost makes me want to feel a bit sick. But it doesn't even, it doesn't even make sense, Paul. Say it again. For whom the atolls? It's got this vaguest, most syntax. It does not, it does, it's not even syntax. Just made me angry. You can't even say it. So no reference to the Hemingway's one of my favourite books. And mm. I just went, it's like an amazing surf film, just with three guys ripping, with no more intellectual base than dropping a pebble in a pond. But so why do they need that title? When you can't even say it, it makes me angry, Paul. Well, it's, it's actually to me, it sounds right out of the Evans playbook. I mean, oh, it does. <laughs> I, Some I of actually, your headlines. I mean, it is your stock and trade. I actually quite like that. I was like, oh, not bad. Um, I've been there as well. That's why he's there surfing in Stanley, but that's probably another story for another day about me, Karen and Gilmore on the Indies Trader. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I did a, I did a piece. Um, I sent a quite big article that I spent, spent quite a lot of time on, but still didn't work out that great for the journal the other day. I sent, oh. it, to Ma- I sent it to Myers at the journal. Myers is um, a good editor, right? He, he actually pulls you up on stuff, doesn't he? I've well, this is this is the thing. So, <laughs> I did this article, but I was supposed to. Um, I was supposed to go with Von Rupp, and I was supposed to go down and like spend a bit of time with him and you know, see him at the events that we never did, and blah blah blah. It didn't happen, so I just sort of did it over Face, you know, over Skype. So it was just kind of shit. Fine, it it was kind of shit. And anyway, so it's kind of shit through that solid 3,800 words of like non sort of genre defining prose. And then I gave it like, I named it after like a poem of like Portugal's 18th century, famous 18th century romantic poet whose name I can't remember anyway. Just, just like really just, just sort of didn't go at all. But anyway, I just bunged it on and went, yeah, sweet. Jobs, jobs are good. And, um, he said he still hasn't read it yet. Actually, I followed up. I was like, "Hey, did you did you get that thing?" Uh, it was okay. He, just, he hasn't replied. So that's sweet. Well, no if worries. it's like my Matahai um, <laughs> Drolay piece, the, the Google Docs coming your way pretty soon <laughs> with a serious rewrite, <laughs> and deservedly so. Uh, Paul, what have you got there? This is in between good and bad. And it oh, links... Can I? Sorry, mm-hmm. just stop. Please. That surfing and that movie is fucking amazing. So it's actually a really good film. It's just the title I didn't like. Anyway, back to you, Paul. It is good, but the the, the where it falls down as a watch, and is the thing that's true about the place is it's fucking howling with wind Monday. Look out the back. <laughs> it is a hundred knots cross shore and like a slight kink in the reef means it's like technically offshore at that right-hander, but it's fucking hooning. <laughs> it's blow- as my sailing instructor is blowing an absolute hooligan out the back. <laughs> it really is. And it just, there's something about it looks quite sort of Canary Island-ish where like a sort of glassy wind is like 85 <laughs> kilometers an hour. And just something slightly unappealing about that to me. I just think... But no, good, good, good surfing. Although, is high performance shortboarding relevant in 2020? <laughs> is it though? Is that still the thing? Griffin Colapinto's previous um, uh, clip was actually that, that actually made me stand up in my seat. But yeah, what have you got that's bad, Paul? Ah, uh, yeah, it's kind of. Is it bad? Is it good? I don't know. Um, you know, I'm going to link this back to to quizzes and stuff like that. But you know, like mainly women longboarders. When they hang 10, 
they do like a sort of I mean, I'm thinking of your Cassie Medders or, or more recently your Josie Prendergasts. They've got that sort of stance where they're, they're doing a 10. There's the five. There's the 10. As Sam Bleakley would say, they're in a, they're in a hang 10. And they sort of put both hands out like a little, bit like I'm a little teapot kind of by their sides. And sort of the head is slightly cocked to one side. And we're doing a quiz. We did our, our quiz with all my mates from school. And, and there's a few in the WhatsApp group, there's a few photos getting around from back in the day. And one of my mates... Uh, was known as the Berkshire Tucker. And basically, I mean, this is quite a long anecdote, but my, vi- my village is where Broadmoor is. I stopped listening at Hang 10 for girls. Yeah. <laughs> and my village where Broadmoor is, in Broadmoor was Peter Sutcliffe, who's the Yorkshire Ripper. My mate's called Peter. And he called himself the Berkshire Tucker. <laughs> and basically, he his party trick, his sort of stock in trade was, you know, he pushes his sort of gentleman's agreement between his legs so it looks a little bit like a fanny. And then and he, and he had this T-shirt, like, made back in the day. And he sent a photo the other day. And his stance, imagine a man, well, he's sort of about 17 at the time, pushing his sort of tackle between his legs and making a sort of faux fanny. But he had this, like, really camp sort of stance where he had both his hands slotted by his side like a little teapot. And his head was slightly cocked. I was like, fucking hell, that's like Josie Prendergast at the pass. It, like, it's uncanny. I mean, if it wasn't sort of semi, it wasn't sort of, blue it wasn't top shelf material i'd make a post out of it and put it on wavelength because it's like it's uncanny the resemblance so that tickled me so it's kind of a bad but good ben what else have you got i just saw i mean bads in general uh the recent plethora of pro surfers doing their fitness regimes on, yuck on, i mean Yuck, right? But this one, Leo... We talked about this last time, but let's talk about it again. Yeah, yeah. Leo, well, serial offender. I mean, you know, Leo, uh, the Italian, the Italian stallion, Firavanti. So he's been holed up in Australia. I mean, has he been holed up, though, or has he just been shredding up and down the coast? Yeah, he just, well, he could... So in, instead of staying in lockdown in Rome, he decided to live in um, Byron Bay. Anyway, he well, he's recently fined, Paul, a thousand bucks... Uh, by the police for driving from the Goldie down to Lennox. To, I think, and uh, this can't be verified, but I'm pretty sure to train with our good mate, uh, Richard Dog Marsh, who's based in Amber. Jack and Dog paid half. <laughs> no chance. And But I think that fine should be a minor infringement compared to his latest Instagram post where he's like, he, he's training, he's doing lifting dead weights. He's got a vest that like one of those weight singlets on. But he's holding up his, guess what, Paul? His girlfriend's a model. He's using her as a weight to lift her up above his shoulders and down. Yeah, I saw it. I mean, ergonomically, I mean, I'm, no, I'm no Johnny Gannon, don't get me wrong. But that's not the way to lift things. And I, I don't think a woman should be lifted up by a, in the hot pants. I mean, the whole thing just, it, it was a perfect amalgam of, Poor fitness technique, fitness on social media. A model girlfriend getting lifted in the air in a, in a weight vest. I didn't like it, Paul. I didn't like it one bit. Two thousand fine. Was it? Was it a toxic combination of bad posture and the objectification of women? <laughs> yes, Paul. That's if I hadn't had that last bottle of wine, that would be exactly what I would have said. Paul, what have you got? Another bad. Yeah, I've got some bad. Um, I'm going to sort of bring this roundly back, squarely back at your door, Mundy. <laughs> um, let's talk about the World Surf League 
possibly soon to be defunct World Surf League. Let's talk about some of their content. Um, you may remember you and I had a sort of chat, not not on the last pod, but just a private chat where I suggested that you know they did some sort of rewatches of some old classic events. I mean, they are a content business now, after all, aren't they? I mean, what a piss weak effort! They've literally just they've literally just got old events and plonked them up like. The, the old commentary from back at no like rewatching no reanalysis just I mean I saw some Mandaka the other day Bobby Martinez F and three foot Mandaka it's fucking terrible but like I thought they would get back in the studio and watch it again and maybe get some you know the, you know give us a bit of context and sort of but no they literally just plonked up the broadcast from back then and Bobby was surfing I mean Mandaka it's fucking so you can see why they can the event, but it's a fucking terrible wave at three foot. It's like I'd say it's one of the world's worst waves at three foot because it because it runs, but you can never get to the bottom of it. You just sort of go along and along, and it's kind of wobbles. And he's doing these like non snap, and he got like a seven and an eight. I mean, honestly, today it would have been a two. But anyway, um, yeah, piss week effort Monday. I don't know if you did bring up my suggestion to them, but I mean, just by contrast, today when I was going for my barefoot run around Capriton. Um, I was listening to the Five Live Boxing podcast uh, with Costello and Bunce, which is a brilliant pod. And they did a rewatch of the classic Sugar Ray Leonard's uh, Tommy Hearn fight from 1981. And they're like, it's so good and interesting. They, wa- they kind of watch it again and they tell you what's happening and what they thought at the time and what they think now. And they even got fucking Sugar Ray Leonard on there, like one of the all-time sort of pound-for-pound pound legends, like him, of course, who from the famous non-mass Roberto Duran fight, one of the great sort of middleweight guys. He, Leonard was crying on the podcast. Like, it was, like, emotional. It was in-depth. It was insightful. Why aren't the Wazzle doing that, Mundy? Why don't they get Terps and Joe back in the booth for a bit of insight and show some classic, show some events, but actually kind of, I don't know, put a little bit of meat on the bones, Ben. Any Any ideas? Well, if you go to the website, you could probably read some quality, uh, in-depth analysis of some of those events. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, 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 one, that's one way. I mean, that's an old-school way of doing it. No, I do get it. Yeah, I think that takes time, effort, and money, which at the moment... Does it? Does it, yeah, though? God, you're editing all that and doing it. Not Probably not a whole lot. We should do it ourselves, Paul, if we're going to... Well, I did suggest it. us as a, as a combo of partnerships to go and re- we should watch some old we should stuff. Do, we should watch a, um, a replay of the 2017 Tenerife Pro... And get Camilla Kemp to go over the... (laughs) (laughs) I've got a question for you, Mandy. I've got a question about surf breaks, the Webby Award-nominated surf breaks. You're part of the team. Yeah. Yeah, it's apparently it's it's been nominated for a thing that's called a Webby Award, which apparently is a thing. Oh, it's massive. Um, It's been nominated. Against what, FIFA, um, World Golf... Um, and something really other, something really good. Yeah, yeah, go on, Paul. So what I was just wondering is, is it in the script? Do you say to Kote or Kipes or the other guy, Hunter, that they have to sort of wait, wave their arms uh, around when they're sort of saying, and it looks like Nacho Gonzalez has been getting some great waves in Europe, and then, like, they show sort of Nacho's clip. Do they have to wave their arms or...? Uh, What's that? The, sort of, it's like an MC style, isn't it? Into the mobile phone that's recording them. In the extensive uh, presenter notes, uh, talent yeah. notes, as it's known in the business, uh, we don't we don't stipulate physical movements. Uh, they they all do it, though, don't they? You must know what I'm talking about. They kind of like oh, we talk still, with their hands. We let the talent do deliver it as we want, as as we do. Yeah. 
Looks like Nacho Gonzalez just dropped a new edit. Looks like Europe's been scoring majorly. I tell you what, my um, the written script. You can use that if you want. You can use that. <laughs> yeah, the Webby. I mean, we might win, we might not, but it's it's still a it's it's a great thing. So I think that's enough bads, Paul. I mean, we well, we're on some some miscellaneous. What, what's where's, where the fuck did furlough come from? Is there, <laughs> did anyone say furlough six months ago? I'd only ever heard of it once in Orange's The New Black, you know, the Netflix series about the woman in jail. And a furlough is what you get if someone dies and you go out, you're allowed to get the funeral. But like, where the, where did, now literally everyone says furlough every day, don't they? Yeah, where does that I, come from? Well, it's, a, it's yeah, as you said, it's the same thing. It's like a nunnery term, isn't it? Like the, when you could leave the church or leave No the, one used it before ever. No. Like no one's no. ever, I've never heard anyone say it out loud. No, in employment law it was used. In, in employment law there was always a term where you could take it. Like it's a bit. Fucking ridiculous. Well, it's quite a nice word. Now we're all over. I mean, I was thinking about this yeah. with, with the lockdown. How did lockdown just become the general term? And that's like a prison term. Like lockdown wasn't used. The Evans back catalogue of fucking truth bombs on wavelengthmag.com blue editor Luke Garza's tiny fucking mind the other day because he's reading back an old article and it says... Maybe you've been blah, 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 did it, or maybe you've just been on lockdown. He's like, mate, this is from July 2019. I was like, yeah, don't, what, didn't you see it coming? But yeah, anyway, like you said, Monday, lockdown, there's goods and bads, goods, body surfing, banned in Portugal, bad, use of the word furlough. That pretty much neatly sums it up for me. It's not the length podcast. You wicker app I signed up to today to buy some online um, weed edibles. Um, it, it just, tell me, tell me more. Oh, you just—it's very well. From what I can gather so far, a very efficient system. Wicker is like WhatsApp times ten, and every—it's encrypted to the hundredth degree. And every what, um, what did you get? What did you buy? I bought uh, three cookies, <laughs> three uh, brownies, and ten gummies. Thirty quid okay. plus five quid postage. I don't know. I mean, it's going to arrive in ten days. I've never really done any of it all before, but I thought I might try it in lockdown. I mean, did was did you get the gummy specifically for Kip and, and Emily? That, <laughs> I, d- I was debating whether to tell the missus, and I said, "Oh, I bought." I said, "Fuck, I bought these." And she was like, "Just can you hide that? Make sure you hide those, like gummies." And I was, quite I, controversial. The gummies aren't they? Because some kids have been. Getting quite high on their on their parents' supply. Yeah. Well, I didn't. Even, I didn't even thought of it. I was like, "Good idea, Sarah," because I, <laughs> I think if I had one and then tried to, yeah. So anyway, but um, I've it's weird that. that they haven't they haven't brought out like anchovies or stuff like that laced with THC, and there's not things oh. that kids don't really like. I oh, know, idiots. Anyway, yeah, Wicker. It's a new uh, WhatsApp of the future. Get onto it. Typically, at this time, we get into some podcaster mastermind. We nominate topics, um, but we're not going to get into bother with that this time. That that felt a lot too much like research and Wikipedia and time spent. So, actually, Monday's just got a little bit of a round of a quiz for me that he's been putting out there um, via his various sort of Zoom chats that he does. And you'd like to test my knowledge against. Well, I guess I'll, I'll get a sort of rel- a score relative to your your network, won't I? Relative to some of your circle. Let's see how we go. I'm going to give you ten questions. They're true or false. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so you've got a pen and paper handy. Yep. Okay. So these 
I'll give you 10 uh, place names in the UK. Some are true, some are false, and you have to decide which is which. The first one... Is one, is one Venton Gimps? It's not. The first okay. one, question one, Bell End in Worcestershire. Two words, yep. Bell End. Number two. Yeah, T. Brown Willie. Yep, it's the highest point in Cornwall, T. Number three, Knob End. Two yep, words. true. Uh, number four, Foreskins in Orkney. No. Not F-O-R-E-S-K-I-N-N-E-S. No, not no. Number five, Minge Lane. M-I-N-G-E Lane. <laughs> <laughs> Worcestershire. There's a lot of Worcestershire in here, isn't there? Minge Lane. Minge Lane. Saucy. Number six, Nether Wallop in Hampshire. Nether Wallop. Nah. It's got to be some false, unless they're just all true. Number seven. <laughs> fudge pack upon Humber. No, come on, that's ridiculous. Fudge pack upon Humber. No, no, no. Number eight. Cock Alley, a place you may have yep. visited in Derbyshire. True. We've all been there, Andy. <laughs> you know, maybe drunk at a party. <laughs> Number nine. Harry Muff, uh, M O U G H. What's happened to our podcast? <laughs> Harry Muff in Wilshire. Harry in Muff. Wilshire. Yeah. M O U G H. No, no, no. And the last one, Titty Ho in Northamptonshire. Titty Ho. I'm going to say true. There's a place called There's a place called Titson, not too far from Bude. If you go to surf some spots around there, you take the bat lanes and someone's obviously crossed out the O-N, so it just says tits on the sign. But anyway, yeah, so I've got true on everything except for four, six, seven, and nine. The only two false ones in that, Paul, mm. uh, were four skins uh, mm-hmm. and hairy muff. So I was right about those two. The rest of them. So, you... okay, so I eight out of ten. Eight out of ten's not... Not bad. Whereas Meatloaf said two out of three ain't bad. It's <laughs> the difference between Meatloaf and Monday. <laughs> and I think um, I think Pudge Pack upon Humber in Humberside is a place we all should that's, visit. That's ridiculous. That's a true place. That, was that written for a UK audience or an antipode audience? Uh, a UK audience, but it, it's wow. it's universal, Paul. Because I wouldn't. I don't think you'd find so many rude place names anywhere else in the world. I mean, I've surfed a place called Poo in Spain. Well, um, if you want to run with this round, Paul, and run with it. There's a there's that famous place in, is it uh, Hebrides, with this post office called Twat, in a place called Twat, isn't there? Well, there is a Twat, yeah. I, I left Twat out twat. Two, with two Ts. Too obvious. Yeah, you left Twat out. I was going to put in Ho Titty, but I, yeah, I, I just left it. I think that's going to wrap things up for now, Mandy. I'm looking like I'm some, what, 72 plus 96 hours away from a shred, possibly, potentially, which is exciting. I'm about four months away. You're still some way away from shredding. Um, it doesn't look like we've got any QS on coming up on the horizon. A life without QS is a lot, is it, well, it's not worth living. Um, but anyway, Mandy, you um, yeah, you just keep doing your, your sweet thing, and good luck for the Webby Awards. Thank you. I'll let you know. Um, it's been a pleasure. 
as always. And uh, yeah, good treading. I look forward to uh, hearing the uh, the results of that that first serve. We'll sign off for now and remind you to enjoy yourselves. It's later than you think. And Monday would like to point out that he thinks you should try and make an effort at all times to get a dog right up, yeah. It's not the length podcast.